0: Nearly 6 million Americans are living with heart failure. That's a staggering figure. Here to discuss heart failure symptoms, diagnosis, and treatment options is Dr. Cesar Guerrero-Miranda. He's an advanced heart failure and transplant cardiologist on the medical staff at Baylor Scott & White Heart and Vascular Hospital and Baylor University Medical Center in Dallas. This is HeartSpeak with Baylor Scott & White Heart and Vascular Hospital in Dallas and Fort Worth. I'm Scott Webb. Doctor, thanks for joining me today. Who's living with heart failure?
1: So heart failure is the leading cause of mortality and hospitalization in the United States. So it's a disease who we're dealing um, very frequently and have a very high chance to get people with significant comorbidities in the future. For a disease that can affect people in any ages, but obviously it's more frequently and as we're getting older, uh, but heart failure is is considered as deadly and with uh, significant comorbidities as as the most uh, dangerous cancers.
0: yeah, I know that it affects you know nearly six million Americans. What causes heart failure?
1: It's a family of many different etiologies. The most common diagnosis for heart failure is what we call idiopathic. We don't have a specific etiology. There are people who can have very dilated and poorly contractile heart that doesn't have a specific cause about it. Uh, that, that's what we call idiopathic. The and there are another big group of patients with heart failure that is being secondary to lack of flow or circulation to the heart that as when we have coronary disease that at the end decrease blood circulation into the heart and produce the heart started getting weaker. But as this is the two uh, most common causes of heart failure, there are many other entities like uh, uncontrolled uh, blood pressure, small uh, damage of the branches from the coronary, that we call microvascular damage of the heart that can produce heart failure as well. There's uh, other entities that are diseases who get uh, deposited in the the muscle uh, of the heart and the myocardium that in the future can make the heart very stiff and doesn't allow the heart to contract that well. So that's another type of heart failure. So there are many entities that we deal with it.
0: Yeah, it sounds like you're dealing with a number of factors there. So, assuming there are symptoms, what are the symptoms and how is it diagnosed?
1: Congestive heart failure is a syndrome. Syndrome is in called when we have a combination of symptoms, which was the patient. Uh, reports when they see a provider, a physician, and specific clinical findings. The test on the physical exam with the combinations on blood tests. So congestive heart failure is related with more symptoms as significant tiredness, fatigue, inability to reproduce your normal daily activities because that produces significant lack of energy. Consequence of having a heart that is not pumping well is the accumulation of fluid in, in different organs that can lead the patients to be having significant shortness of breath because the lungs start getting wet with accumulation of fluid or having been less performant because the pressures in, inside of the lungs start getting higher. The same happened with other organs like liver, kidney. So that produced enlargement of the liver due to uh, fluid accumulation and impair on the kidney function that produced what we call renal failure at the end is a syndrome that starts with that one organ, but over the time can go and affect many other organs that decrease significant quality of life for patients and increase mortality. The diagnosis is a combination of symptoms coming from the patient, physical exam that we can assess during the patient visits in the hospital or in clinic, plus several other tests that we use in the blood, as well as um, imaging on, on the heart that we can putting all together, all this can give us specific diagnosis for heart failure on what is the type of heart failure the patient has.
0: I've heard this before. I wanna make sure I've got this right. What exactly is uh, this number that, that patients could be given this ejection fraction? What does that mean and why is that important?
1: Ejection fraction is the ratio of the total volume that the heart can acquire per every beat, and that is divided by the amount of blood that the heart is ejecting when the phase of the contraction is ending. When the heart starts receiving blood, we call diastole, is when the heart starts collecting blood from the organs, and then the squeezing part of every beat is called systole, and that's the amount of blood that the heart is ejecting. The ratio of the volume of these two stages on every beat is where we call ejection fraction. So it's the estimation of how much blood is being sent into the organs at every beat. So that's one uh, important evaluation for congestive heart failure. And one entity of heart failure that we call heart failure will reduce ejection fraction. Those patients tend to have a lower number. And and this is one of the aspects of the testing that we do that help us to diagnose congestive heart failure but it's another group of congestive heart failure. They have normal or preserved ejection fraction that, despite having a normal ejection fraction, they still have congestive heart failure. And this is the type of patients that have the heart that is stiff and had a very poor way to relax. Any extra volume that is coming into the heart, because the heart is stiff and very poor relaxing, the blood is been coming back to the other organs, to the lungs, to the abdomen, to the liver, to the kidney, and produce symptoms as well as the heart failure. This ejection fraction is one of the markers that we follow, but it depends on the uh, subtype of heart failure that we're looking at in that patient.
0: Okay, I think I've got it right. So ejection fraction is important, but it doesn't necessarily paint the whole picture for all patients. So can heart failure be prevented?
1: Absolutely. The focus for any provider is to Prevent congestive heart failure the best that we can. It's very well known about the risk factors that can lead patients to have a normal heart, to be have a very dysfunctional heart, and up having all the syndromes that we call congestive heart failure. When we call congestive heart failure, we call different stages, like having other uh, chronic diseases like uh, chronic kidney disease or cancer. So we have the stage A through the stage D, stage eight is where we have strong risk factors that can lead to have congestive heart failure, but we don't have the symptoms of congestive heart failure at that point. And stage D are the patients who are recurrently coming back to the hospital because they're really sick, the heart is terminal, there's no more um, medications that can help them, and they have to start looking for options to replace the heart either for heart transplant or a mechanical pump or have a conversation about end-of-life discussions. So when we try to prevent to have congestive heart failure, we're talking about stage A, um, there are many risk factors that we have to take in considerations like high blood pressure, diabetes that is not well controlled, obesity, many other entities that is in a group we call um, metabolic syndrome that is Related to poor control blood pressure, poor control diabetes, uncontrolled weight, lack of exercise, that can make the heart performance to be weaker and in the future have high risk to have congestive heart failure. Also, smoking, certain medications that we need to try to avoid to and long-term produce congestive heart failure. This is uh, in global that we can prevent high risk to develop congestive heart failure.
0: Heart failure is more common in people over the age of 75, of course, but there are young people being diagnosed with heart failure. What are the reasons for young adults to be having or experiencing heart failure? Is it just the risk factors?
1: Younger population, they can have more unrecognized disease because this is the population that uh, as the rest of the body has a very good reserve, the symptoms are obscure for a better overall performance of the patient. So... It's different if you have a heart that works poorly and you're 25 years old, comparing with a patient who is 65 or 70 years old and had a heart that is not working well. So the symptoms are different. In younger population, there are certain entities that can uh, increase the chance to have congestive heart failure like congenital heart disease, congenital or genetic anomalies of the heart, like for instance, valvular disease, um, that can produce to make the heart be overloaded and at the end have an early manifestation of congestive heart failure. Diseases that um, make the heart to be stiff since we have been born. And over the time, the heart getting more unable to contract well and have a, a normal function. As other uh, deposit diseases, so diseases that take, get deposits in the heart that I can affect the heart quicker like cardiac amyloidosis, um, protein who had a, a normal function in the body, but in some patients, these proteins start getting unfolded and have um, a different configurations start getting deposited in the heart, and that uh, produce the heart to be stiff. So there are um, certain entities that can attack the heart early and produce early manifestation of congestive heart failure.
0: Living with heart failure, uh, not the easiest thing to do, but I'm sure there are some really great, you know, revolutionary treatment options. So uh, let's go through some of those.
1: I think we have an increasing amount of different approaches for management congestive heart failure. Uh, one definitely is uh, evolution in our different subtypes of medications that we can use to treat a specific congestive heart failure. I think that is being a uh, Growing over the time, and we have different tools instead of, of medicines that we can use to 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 try to stop the progression of congestive heart failure. That's number one. There are other more towards devices that they can show that have increased the chance to have a heart to recover and improve quality of life on patients like specific type of defibrillators who, in certain patients who are characteristic electrical disturbance in the heart that can get benefit to get both right and left side of the heart synchronized beating that helps the heart to get stronger. We have a different implantable devices that can get an early detection of patients who has recurrent congestive heart failure that make the provider recognize that the patient is not doing well even before the patient starts getting symptoms. And you can act there quicker and avoid more comorbidities or how the patients needed to be hospitalized. And in the latest stage of uh, congestive heart failure, we have what we call advanced heart failure therapies where we'll start evaluating what are the options to have that heart be replaced or assist to improve uh, survival and improve quality of life. So I think in the whole spectrum of congestive heart failure, from prevention to any stage. uh, There are many options that patients can go through. Depends on the stage of the patient are. um, We can definitely provide better uh, survival and quality of life.
0: Yeah, it definitely sounds like it. And I wanted to talk to you about that. What qualifies or classifies heart failure as advanced?
1: Uh, When we talk advanced heart failure, are are the sickest of the sex of patients with congestive heart failure. So are patients who have demonstrated over the time that the disease is being progressed to a level that the quality of life is poor, where the patients who were treated for congestive heart failure with different medications, but now the same doses of medications make those patients sick because they are unable to tolerate uh, equally those that they were using before. There are patients who start getting more tiredness, more fatigue, more fluid accumulation, that requires escalation of medications that we call water pills to let the fluid come out from the body. Um, there are patients who, obviously, been getting more, uh, having more symptoms for congestive heart failure, required to be back in the hospital many times, or uh, have malignant arrhythmias that can. The vast majority of patients have defibrillators that are getting shock because that the heart is producing these uh, lethal arrhythmias that can um uh, there's a manifestation how sick the heart is. So when we uh detect those patients uh, where unfortunately pharmacologically with a um with it, you know conventional treatment for heart failure is not uh sufficient is when we start thinking that um, we need to have a strategy how to replace the heart and that's where we call advanced heart failure or end-stage heart failure.
0: So let's talk about cardiac replacement therapies, maybe describe what they are, what that means, maybe discuss uh, LVADs. Take us through that.
1: Heart replacement therapies is definitely a therapy for what we call end-stage heart failure, when we know that the heart has failed to a level that conventional therapy is not sufficient. So when we have end-stage heart failure, it's like end-stage cancers. We have our the survival is, is poor and the morbidity is very high. So if in certain patients who have passed in several screening testing to see they qualify for heart replacement therapies, what we can offer them is um, replace the heart orally but a new heart, what we call heart transplant, or have... His own heart be assisted by a mechanical pump that we call left ventricular assist device, or LVAD. That is a mechanical pump who will assist the patient's own heart to uh, get a better flow and have a better quality of life. There are certain patients who has uh, significant other comorbidities that may not. Uh, they will doing these two therapies will be not beneficial as. They may have lower chance of survival or have more common if we pursue to do a heart replacement therapies. So, in those patients, we also have continuous uh, IV medications that we call inotropes that we use as palliative to get the patients to feel better, but definitely will not improve survival or improve mortality. So, um, uh, in summary, when we have uh, any stage heart failure, we have to think that is the latest stage of a disease, uh, there are very limited uh, options to replace the heart and if the patients have specific indications after dedicated screening testing that we do, we may offer them uh, replacement therapies as a heart transplant or mechanical pump.
0: I know that Baylor University Medical Center in Dallas has a very busy heart transplant program. Uh, lastly today, doctor, does heart failure mean that a patient should be considered for a heart transplant?
1: No, absolutely not. Heart transplant is the latest door that we'd like to open. So we definitely would like to uh, reduce the amount of heart transplant we needed when we don't have more alternatives to offer to patients who are very sick on this trajectory of congestive heart failure. So when we decided that a patient needs a heart transplant, it's because we have exceeded any other potential therapies that may can help him to have a better quality of life or increase survival congestive heart failure had many stages from the stage of having just risk factors to the end stage heart failure every different stages of congestive heart failure have a different um, treatment strategy that we need to try to implement on patients and avoid patients to progress to the advanced stages. But unfortunately, sometimes the disease continues to progress despite the treatment started on those patients. And that's when we need to start activating um, options for advanced heart failure, including heart transplant.
0: Yeah, it sounds like it's a, a last resort, but a fairly common, if you will, procedure nowadays. And great to know that patients have the options and have someone like you Uh, ready, willing, and able to help them address their risk factors, help them along the way, and deal with it uh, if their heart failure gets to the advanced stage. Thank you so much for your time today, doctor. Really appreciate it. That's Dr. Guerrero Miranda, Advanced Heart Failure Cardiologist on the medical staff at Baylor Scott & White Heart and Vascular Hospital, Dallas. And thanks for checking out this episode of HeartSpeak. To find a specialist on the medical staff, please call 1-844-279-3627 or visit BaylorHeartHospital.com. And if you found this podcast helpful, please share it on your social channels and be sure to check out the entire podcast library for topics of interest to you. Thanks, and we'll talk again soon. Baylor Scott & White Heart and Vascular Hospital in Dallas and Fort Worth, joint ownership with physicians.